This podcast is presented to you by Pastors Tom and Bonnie DeShal from Celebration Church in Harare, Zimbabwe. For more information, please visit celebrationmen.org. All right, I want to ask you this question. How did we get here? How many of you know that we are in a mess? The world is in much tribulation. Uh, anybody been in a fu- fuel queue this week? Anybody been standing in line for bread? There's price hikes. I mean, it's a challenging. Do you agree? How many know that there's a different season though that we're in that we've never been in before? And the question is, well, how did we get here? Is it ZANU PF's problem? No, not entirely. No, they might have something to do with it. I don't know. But the question really is, is how does God see this? How does God see this? Not how do you see it, not what is your opinion, your idea, but how does God see this? How many know that, uh, like I said, this is a different season? Just ask your neighbor, how does God see this? When Israel was experiencing a season like we are in now, political unheaval, political upheaval, economic unrest, and moral deprivation, they were looking for a savior. We know that Jesus was that savior, but when he came, he did not answer the way that they wanted him to answer. What he had to say did not please the people of that day. Because he didn't address social, economic, political, or governmental platforms. His response to their cry was, repent. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent, for the kingdom of God is near. He didn't say, let's vote for this guy, let's vote for that guy, let's pick it here, let's pick it there. He said, repent, (laughs) for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The scripture uh, clearly has a principle that is we are in this world, not of it. So we shouldn't look to the world for our solutions. You'll get this. The answer lies with our father. So isn't it funny that people today are still putting their trust in political parties, economic emancipation, social leaders, and people as their answers. Now, we are called to be the people to help make a change. Don't get me wrong. But that's not the norm. This is the world system, and we'll never change it completely, but you'll see. We're called to have dominion, and we're called to operate in domains, which again you'll see and which you know, but it is a real challenge to discern between the two. Where are we to reform, and where are we to leave it because it's not our problem? So Yahweh's solution to Israel's turmoil and our tribulation today is to bring the kingdom of God That kingdom cannot be received without addressing morality. In fact, evidence of mankind's distance from the kingdom is immorality, which leads to self-centeredness, self-drive, selfishness, self-preservation. Me, 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 me. I, (laughs) I, 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 iPhone. I, 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 iPad, self, 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 selfie, 
<laughs> I don't want to take a selfie. So let's open the scriptures together and find out how we got here. The title of my message. So turn with me in your real Bibles. Who's got a real Bible? Thank you. It is wonderful to see the reality of the word in living proof. Genesis 1.1. Do you know where that is? Thank you. <laughs> Hi, guys. It's good to see you up there. You're looking good. Ribo. In the beginning, Genesis 1.1, in the beginning. You don't know where you're going unless you know where you come from. So in the beginning, and before I go further, I want to make you aware that the Lord and his word are multidimensional, multi-leveled, and multi-layered. We don't take everything for face value because God is infinite. So is his word. In the original Hebrew language, each letter is pictorial. The richness and the reality of this scripture in the beginning, as we've seen before, is actually the Hebrew word bereshit. Everybody say bereshit or breshit, which is made up of letters bet, the Hebrew letters bet, resh, aleph, shin, yod, and tav. Now, I don't know if I'm pronouncing all those right, but... What you need to understand is the combination of those letters in the Hebrew. Bet is a picture of a house or a tent. Resh is the head, meaning the first or the highest person. Aleph is the first letter of the Hebrew alphabet, pictured as ox or bull, meaning the first, the ultimate strength, God himself. Shin is pictured as a two-teeth, mean, uh, meaning to destroy or to consume. Yod is a, pictured as an arm from the uh, fist to the elbow, meaning my hand or my effort or my work. Tav is the last letter of the Hebrew alphabet, pictured as the sign of the cross, meaning the mark of the covenant. So looking at Bereshit, and please do your own research. Look it up. It is the glory of kings to search out a matter, and the Bible says you are priests and kings. Search it out. As has been shown before, the original Hebrew language pictorially means the Son of God will be destroyed or killed by his own hand or his own effort on a cross. So the meaning of in the beginning, in the beginning is the Son of God will be destroyed or killed by his own hand or his own effort on a cross. God told us before he even said anything else that Yeshua would come to save us. Now see how completely multi-layered and multi-fathom uh, that is because God is infinite. So in the beginning, in our Christian walk, we should connect to the beginning and uh, address various agendas, keeping in mind that in the beginning there was already a solution. God has a solution. And what is that solution? Who is that solution? Yeshua. Jesus was the lamb that was slain before the foundation of the earth. Before the foundation of the earth. Before the foundation of the earth. We must look to him. 
Focus your eyes on him while you're in the petrol queue. Focus your eyes on him while you're standing in line for bread. Now remember, in the beginning, God created Adam and Eve. Now, God, where is God? Does that look like God? If not, use your imagination. Okay. Let's go to Genesis 3 in your real Bible. Now the serpent was more crafty than the beasts of the field, which the Lord God had made. And the serpent said to the woman, Indeed, has God said you shall not eat from any tree of the garden? The woman said to the serpent, Well, from the fruit of the tree of the garden we may eat. But from the fruit of the tree which is in the middle of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat from it or touch it or you will die. The serpent said to the woman, You surely will not die. This isn't going to kill you. Are you kidding me? You can eat all the Coke and chips you want and it's not going to affect you at all. For God knows that in the day you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes, good versus God. People say, oh, he's good. But is it God? And that the tree was desirable to make one wise, she took from its fruit and ate. And she gave also to her husband with her, and he ate. Well, first of all, Eve misquoted what God told Adam. So enter Adam and Eve. And there is a fallen entity that was kicked out of heaven because of his pride prior to that. I need a devil. Oh. Kuda. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> he determined to pervert God's creation from the beginning. As you know, I've showed you this before, but it's going to go further. So the point is, (laughs) Eve misquoted what God said to Adam. Did God say you shall not eat or touch it? He just said you shouldn't eat of it. Secondly, it should be noted that the enemy challenges us that our response should be what he said, not what we think, not our opinion, not our feelings, the cultural norms or traditions of men. It should not be what we think. All of you have a different opinion about my dress. But the, the issue is, what does God think? <laughs> All of you have a different opinion about many things. But it's not about that. The question we must ask is, how does God see this? How does God see this? So she said, she misquoted God. And he misquoted God. A little bit of truth but it was a lie. So this example in 1 John 2, 15, 17 says, for all that is in the world, 
all, everybody say all, that is in, in the world. The lust of the flesh, say that, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the boastful pride of life is not from the Father, but from the world. So this was the foundation. And Pastor Tom, when we first started our church, he used to preach this message almost every other week. And we used to hear the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the boastful pride of life. We had that all memorized, and we knew. So let's continue in Genesis 3. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew they were naked. Don't take it off. Don't, don't. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. (laughs) So God had a conversation with Adam. You need to pull his tie off. Grab that guy. And you can read it later on your own, but go to verse 17. And really it's good to see in your real Bible because it gives you some revelation. Then to Adam he said, because you have listened to the voice of your wife... And have eaten from the tree about which I commanded you, saying, You shall not eat from it. Cursed is the ground because of you. God, you got to look a little madder than that. I don't know. In toil you will eat of it all the days of your life. You will eat of the ground all the days of your life. So this scenario is reflected in 1 Timothy 1. Or 1 Timothy 2.14 in the same in the New Testament. And it was not Adam who was deceived. But who was deceived? Who was deceived? The woman being deceived fell into transgression. But woman will be preserved through the bearing of children if they continue in faith and love and sanctify with self-restraint. So Eve was dumb for listening to the serpent But Adam was dumber because he knowingly disobeyed. Now, listen, I got to tell you, it does not mean you can't listen to your wife, guys. You know, some people have quoted the scripture and say, I'm not supposed to listen to you. But that's not what it means. Amen. So let's skip to verse 21. The Lord God then made garments of skin for Adam and his wife and clothed them. So we know that they made for themselves leaves, right? But God made garments of skin and he clothed them. So covering from the leaves wasn't good enough. God had a specific plan and he knew that he wanted them clothed with animal skins. Again, they were covered, but not with God's blessing. So he, God himself made them clothes. Now are the clothes you're wearing something that God would want you to wear? Look at your neighbor. I think that's... (laughs) So as you will see, God was deliberate in his preference for how his creation was clothed. And he didn't like their fig leaves, so he made their own. He made them his own clothes. He's the best fashion designer ever. Anyway, again, ask your neighbor, how does God see this? Your response determines your destiny. Your response determined your destiny. Her response determined her destiny. And Adam's response determined all of our destinies. 
because he was supposed to have said no, God said, because God told him, not her. The order, guys, is you got to get your act together. <laughs> you blame the wife, the woman God gave me, but it's you. Women, you can point to them right now and say, you. <clears throat> So now, according to scriptures, because of, because of Adam's sin, that's the reason we are in Petrocuse today. <laughs> the world was already in chaos, but let's jump in. Genesis 5:28. Lamech lived 182 years and became the father of a son. Now he called his name Noah, saying, this one will give us rest from our work and from the toil of our hands arising from the ground which the Lord has cursed. I need a Noah. Where is Noah? Is there a Noah around here anywhere? Uh, you. Here. I want you to build an ark. <laughs> yeah, right here. Okay, so there you are. No, no, stand here. And he had sons. He had a genealogy of sons who were, according to the Lord, righteous. There is a genealogy chart. So in that line right there, it was a mess. And I'll explain about that now. Now turn to Genesis 6. Now it came about that when men began to multiply on the face of the land and daughters were born to them, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men were beautiful and they took wives for themselves, whomever they choose. So there was some, there was some uh, fallen angels floating around here. I think there's some fallen angels. <laughs> Did they go? Oh. Okay, so demons. Okay, time out. Okay, <laughs> let's finish this because I want you to see something very important. So the sons of God saw that the, t <laughs> the daughters of men were beautiful and they took wives for themselves, whomever they chose. Then the Lord said, Lord said, my spirit shall not strive with man forever because he's also flesh. Nevertheless, his day shall be 120 years. How many of you believe for 120 years? The Nephilim were on the earth in those days and also afterwards when the sons of God came into the daughters of men and they bore children to them. Those were the mighty men who were of old men of renown. Now I am, I am reading this and wanting you to see it in your real Bible because the number of people who said to me, I've never heard of Nephilim. I want to know why the demons are like this. Why do we still have this kind of spiritual influence? It says right here, why? In your real Bibles, well, any scripture of Genesis, the Lord saw that wickedness of man was great on the earth and every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Does that sound familiar? 
wickedness of men was great on the earth and every intent of his thoughts, of his heart was only evil continually. Does that not sound uh, familiar? Do you know anybody like that? What about your neighbor? What about your husband or your wife? I mean, um, somebody else's husband or wife. So the Lord was sorry that he'd made man on the earth and he was grieved in his heart. The Lord said, I will blot out man whom I have created from the face of the hand, from man to animals to creeping things and to birds of the sky, for I am sorry that I've made them. Can you imagine? Poor God. He is so sorry. Poor God. But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. So these are the records of the generations of Noah. Noah was a righteous man, blameless in his time. Now let me ask you, can we say that about you? When you die on your tombstone, will it say you are a righteous man? What will it say? That you were Penga. Noah became the father of three sons, Shem, Ham, and Jepheth. Now the earth was corrupt in the sight of God, and the earth was filled with violence. Violence. Now you can be violent, guys. What are you sitting down for? Violence. <laughs> God looked on the earth, and behold, it was corrupt. For all flesh... <coughs> for all... <laughs> for all flesh had corrupted their way upon the earth. Okay, all flesh. Now I need um, some girls. Any women around here? Beautiful women? I need two beautiful women. Oh, there's three. (laughs) You know, Please, please bear with me. Pastor Tom, your dad, is so smart. When he hears or reads something, he gets it and he remembers it forever. But me, I have to see a skit. I have to hear a song. I have to read it three times. I have to taste it, touch it, smell it. And then I get it. Is anybody like your dad? Who's like me? Thank you. The majority rules here. Okay, democracy reigns. So that's why I want you to see what it really is like. So anyway, so demons connected with, yeah. And they bore children and these children were called Nephilims. Matthew, where's Matthew? Matthew. Matthew Guru? Where is he? I was told you were here. Where is he? Matthew? No. Where? Call him. Matthew, you're sitting there. Uh, Matthew Bono. <laughs> Did the Nephilim run away? Yeah. 
That's okay, you'll do. I could use another Nephilim. Where did Matthew go? Anyway. Any other volunteer? No, 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 you don't do that. Come here, here. <laughs> Nephilim. Don't. Nephilims were giants on the land. That was Goliath, David and Goliath. They were the giants on the land, and they ruled the land. You don't look mean enough. So how did this violence? It came because of Satan's desire and determination. Where is Satan? Devil. To pervert God's people. God's cre- <laughs> so that the Nephilim, the, the demons, or the children, the girls, or the people saw that the, the demons were good to the eyes and good to the flesh, and they tasted really good, you know, like... You know, the Bible says, don't be ignorant of the devil's devices. So when, if, if this was today, this is the thing that would be given to Eve. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. You see. Now, isn't it funny that there is an apple with a bite out. Why do you think that is? Because he's determined to pervert everything. We have a solution. We have shins and celebration logos in the bookstore. So cover the thing. Because you know, what I told the pastors, I said, why do you want, when you preach, it's okay, use this. Why do you want the apple with a hole out of it? The symbol of that to be between you and the people. What are you looking at? Noah, untouched by that. And the Nephilims were raised, um, walking around the earth because the DNA of God's creation was perverted. The reason why Noah was righteous, it wasn't because he was a goody two-shoes. He probably even lied. You know, he, you know, he maybe even drank or something. I don't know. But the problem is, or the, or the key thing is, his bloodline was not perverted. They, didn't inter- they did not mate with the demons and produce Nephilims. So that's why they were preserved. Well, so Noah 
had to build a boat. Hey, Noah, I want to ask you a question. Did you do much fishing on the ark? There was only two worms. Thank you. (laughs) So everybody had to die. Die. That's kind of pathetic acting, but it's okay. You get the idea. (laughs) So everybody had to die except Noah and his family because they were still God's creation. They weren't perverted by the Nephilims. So God's original intent was for one man, one woman, and children. One man, one woman, children. One man, one woman, children. Not not one demon, one woman, and Nephilims. One man, one woman, children. So I need a family. Hastas, come. Pretendo, bring some kids. Do you have some kids around the place? Where's some kids? Oh, there's some kids. Okay, so you can move over a bit. (laughs) So here is God's original intent. One man, one woman, and children. Not Nephilims. Well, I don't know. Ropa, you maybe maybe look like a Nephilim, but... (laughs) Okay. So as parents, you are gatekeepers for your family. Nothing should come or go unless checked by you to affect the family. The result of your apostasy, though, if you're not there, does not mean that the gate is unchecked. So you are the gatekeepers to your children. You are gatekeepers to your children. Now, this last weekend or two weekends ago, we had a seminar with Pastor Danny Curl, family seminar. How many of you went to that? That was amazing. And we're going to do another one in March. But let me, tell you, let me just do a quick advert here. In two weeks, I think, we'll let you know um, by email the people who went. And if you want to go as well, we're going to have another seminar just on Friday night. Because people are asking all kinds of questions and they still want more answers about the things that I'm going to talk about actually today. And so we're going to meet on Friday night, I think it's the 23rd or something. Just, it's a casual meeting just to come and discuss how can we help our children more? How can we go forward? How, how can we understand what actually is going on from the beginning? So um, I think I told you, uh, it says in Luke 17, 26 and 7. Now here's a beautiful family. Here's as it should be. Just as it happened in the days of Noah, so it will be in the days of the Son of Man. They were eating and drinking and marrying. They were being given in marriage until the day Noah entered the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. As it happened, you know, when I used to read that scripture, I didn't get it. As in the days of Noah, so it shall be. Did you get it? Do you get it now? Because it's exactly the same. Total perversion of God's creation of humanity. It is no longer one man, one woman, and children. It's LGBTQ. And who knows what we're producing today. And I'll, I'll, you'll see that in a minute. But 
how again did we get here? It's bigger than us. And so when you're in a petrol queue, when you're in a bread line, don't just blame the government. Don't just blame the people around you because it goes back to here. These demons are the same. Okay, demons come. The rest of you stay dead. Because the same principalities that were in operation in Noah's day are in operation now. When Lucifer was cast out of heaven, he determined in his heart to corrupt God's creation. So Satan had a structure and a government that is in many ways more organized than humanity. So (laughs) Ephesians 6.12 speaks of rulers, powers, world forces, spiritual darkness. And there's a well-crafted and well-designed to challenge redefine, eradicate, mock and undermine the foundational principles of the church. Anyway, wait, 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 wait. Uh Uh-uh, go back to the normal family. You can see we didn't rehearse this very well. A couple of years ago, I shared about a lady named Alice Bailey. Do you ever remember me talking about Alice Bailey, who is recognized as a mother of the New Age movement? She came out with a 10-point charter Um, Can you turn the piano down here? It seems to have suddenly gotten loud. Ten-point charter in the 1900s that today is foundational in many governments. And it's in parliaments and it's being implemented. The purpose is to destroy Christian character and Christian principles. This is to destroy you. Tell your neighbor, this is to destroy you. This is to destroy you. So you need to understand the Bible says, do not be ignorant of the devil's devices. Are you ignorant? Ask your neighbor, are you ignorant? I think so. Tell him, I think so. (laughs) You look ignorant. Number one, take God out of education system. Two, reduce parental authority over the children. Three, destroy the Judeo-Christian family structure or the traditional Christian family structure. Four, if sex is free, then make abortion legal and make it easy five make divorce easy and legal free people from the concept of marriage for life make homosexuality an alternative lifestyle debase art make it run mad use media to promote and change mindset nine create an interfaith movement which let me tell you i want to warn you they are advocating coexist, that we should, sure, live peacefully with people, but you don't engage with them. Do you know you can engage with them, but you can't engage the way God wants you to engage with another Christian? We must love everyone, yes, but we are not all called to the same purpose. We are not to join hands with some other faiths because they are not worshiping our God. Be kind, yes, but do not tolerate. It's the same. You must love people who profess to be gay, but have understanding and don't accept it as a lifestyle that you believe that God accepts. So let's zoom in on this family now. You're looking good. You're looking good. So the enemy will get between a husband and wife. That happens so often. How many of you are from a divorced home? Anybody from a divorced home in here? 
No one? Who's from a divorce zone? Let me see. Or you know your people in your family are divorced. The enemy gets between a husband and wife and causes division. So they can't be the parents that the children need. The Bible says sin is crouching at the door. Are you crouching, guys? He does a really good job of this, I think. Too good. Too good, uh, Charles. Too good. Too good. (laughs) They hover. And the demons tell one daughter. The demons tell one daughter, you're not a girl. You're not a girl. You might be a guy. You're insecure. You're worthless. And pretty soon she has issues. This is a perversion of God's creation, and we're deceived because the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life have infiltrated, demoralized, desensitized, manipulated, propagandized, controlled, and brainwashed, and dumbed down. So the enemy's plan is to pervert gender. Just as in the days of Noah, the bloodline was perverted. As in the days of Noah, as we are being perverted today. So understand, it's not a new thing. It's not... It's not a, a, a um, what do you call, a, a gene that somebody has. It didn't just suddenly happen. I was, I've done some research and they scientists say, no, there's no gene that makes you different than what you're born. So the missing contributing factor of reality is often. Children aren't wanted. So she's, look, she doesn't think she's wanted because the parents are fighting. So the demons are hovering around her in the spirit as they did in the days of Noah. And they're telling her all kinds of stuff she's listening to. Don't look at And, and they're, they're telling her she's not wanted. Then they might be, she might be, have been molested as a baby. You know, you leave your kids sometimes with uh, some domestic people and maybe they are doing things you don't know. Your parents get divorced. Your father abandons you. You drink dirty water. You brush your teeth with fluoride. Do your research. It calcifies your pineal gland and helps you not to see and be able to discern that there's demons speaking to you. It affects your revelation, which is why certain religions really focus in on this because it opens their eyes to the spirit. And God gave us a pineal gland so that we would have revelation of who he was. And that has been perverted. Bullied at school, maybe molested again. And so Satan hovers and tells you, you're not a girl, you're a boy. Um, remember, God clothed Adam and Eve with animal skins. Now, he's, he cares about how we cover ourselves. The Bible says that we must dress modestly. What does that mean? I don't think we know today what that means. Um, <laughs> who influences the way you dress? Who determines the trends, the fashion trends? Money and revealing of the flesh are what is behind most of this. Control. Hey, let's see if we can get everyone to tear their clothes. So, we all are wearing torn jeans. Why? Because that's what's put in front of us, that that's what we should wear. Yeah? 
who are we list? Who's behind the torn jeans? Now, look, torn jeans aren't going to make you go to hell. I'm not saying that's the problem. But I'm just saying, who is behind it? Who are we following? Who are we listening to? What voice are we following? The Bible says that uh, Jesus said, my voice they will hear, another they won't follow. But I think we're following a lot of voices because they're in our face, way more than our real Bibles. So one month, okay, so what, what happens? Money uh, reveals flesh. They want you to reveal more and more and more of your flesh. They want you to become uncovered. Adam and Eve knew they were covered. I mean, uncovered. Satan wants us to be uncovered. So you're conditioned by what you see on TV, social media, what Kim Kardashian wears or doesn't wear, by Kanye West and his designer wear. On one month, they may promote zombie wear. So we dress like that. On next month, they promote torn look. We dress like that. And the next month, they have less fabric. Is that, is, is your mom like that? Because that's what we're, we're shown. Hey. How does God see this? Now, these are just examples to try to help you understand. Uh, okay, so then they also affect you with uh, music. Now, Satan, where is the devil? Where are you? Don't hide from me. Satan had in him music, all the musical instruments. So when he went and was cast out, he had a third of the music in him. He knew a symphony orchestra. He knew hip-hop, rap, and what are some of these other funny things? I don't even know. They keep popping up. Huh? What? How do you know? <laughs> and look, so... Why? Now look at Milton, come here. How many of you mothers and husband, uh, fathers would like your, your daughter to marry something like this? How many of you would like to see this? children. What's influencing our children? As in the days of Noah, what's keeping us from having the petrol we need for our car and the bread? bread but the bread is perverted anyway because it's just white, so it has no uh, fiber or vitamins or anything anyway. Ah, my way, Jango. So we are truly challenged. Um, you know, have any of you ever heard of Lecrae? You know Lecrae? He's a Christian artist, Christian rap artist. Who knows? Is he a Christian rap artist? Huh? 
Oh, I see some thumbs. Okay, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna remember who did that, because let me tell you one of his songs. Now let me tell you right now. No, come right here. Yeah, yeah. Now listen. Real skinny, loud color tennies, body marked up like graffiti. I don't push a Maserati, Beamer, Benz, or Bentley. And yeah, I rode a foreign. And yes, I'm looking spiffy. Hey, go ahead and doubt us, but what you know about us. Hey, we ain't got to follow them, and we take another route. Duh, no, we ain't blowing trees, bro. Open up my window. I see a popping tags, but you know what's, that's why, yo, yeah, 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 ends now. I tried to tell them, we's coming. Go on, let us in. Ah! the music of the enemy masquerading as an angel of light. But he's a Christian. Now, let me ask you, when you go to heaven and you stand before the throne of God in the gates and the holy of holies, what are you going to say? Yo, God, I mean, honestly, Shaken is for your husband. Hey, not for the whole world. You know, and again, what for? Yeah, somebody took a picture of me doing that, and then they posted it all over the place. Hey, naughty. Now you see what? What are we affected by, and why? Why do we like that? Why can't we just stand and praise God with all our energy up to God? You know, somebody said to me, hey, you really helped me when you told me that. Because um, our culture is to dance down. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, wait, wait, wait. Does that look like holy, holy, holy? No. We dance up to the Lord. Hallelujah. Blessed be the God Almighty. With extended hands. Not I'm going to get in trouble probably, but I don't care. I know what I believe. I know in whom I believe. It's him. Well, God, not you. Get thee behind me. So you see, we have a challenge on our hands. And unless you know it and are able to discern where everything is hate speech, except that they say you're a Christian and you're, you're too modest. Aha. No, you can say that. But it's hate speech. Why? We're conditioned by who? You. We're conditioned. We are in this world, not of it. We are also infiltrated by technology. And that technology wants to put a chip in our hand. And you know, for the sake of convenience, we fall for it every time. Oh, I want faster internet. Oh, I want this. Oh, I want that. Woo! 
woo-woo. And most of the time, you know, I wish I had time to do all the, re to talk to you about everything. And you can do your own research. What technology and radiation and staring at your phone does your brain? What it does to kids' brain? It's horrific. Please do your research. We are so addicted. Do you know, last night we had a concert here and um, we, we let Janet pr uh, pr um, release her album, but she'd invited many, many other artists. And of course it was advertised all over the city and people came who'd never been in our building. And the comments coming, people walking in and saying, we had no idea. We felt the presence of God just in the building. God says, revere and reverence my sanctuary. Sanctuary is actually a place like this. People say you don't need a building. No, you don't need a building. God would prefer we had a building and have mikra and meet together corporate, which I'll talk about in a minute. But can you discern the difference between God and good? Because everything that she thought, it was good to the eyes. The apple looked good. The fruit seemed good. It was appealing. It's appealing. It's appealing. And now I think there's a... What if I came and preached in this? <laughs> Dr. McConey? <laughs> so technology... Now, in, <laughs> I really appreciate you bearing with, with witness, or bearing, I appreciate you bearing with me. And I trust that something will have spoken to you today to help you make the right choices and give you another chance to serve. Amen. Now, I want you to see something, uh, a clip here. First of all, there's a few photos that has been going around social media. I probably have received this. 50 times. These pictures here. And they're pictures regarding health, food. Um, first they create the problem, then they sell you the solution. So the food, God said we were supposed to eat the food of the ground. But it gets more and more perverted, genetically modified. It gets full of uh, uh, pesticides and full of chemicals and everything. And then it's like eating is junk. And then we wonder why we're sick. Because the food was made to nourish us. But if there's no nutrients in it and no fiber in it, it gets stuck in your gut. It doesn't go all the way through. Duh. So, you pay the farmer now. It's too expensive not to put pesticides on my crops. Well, you pay the farmer now or you pay pharma later. So this society, selling poison is civilized, but selling real food is uncivilized. I love to go to the tomatoes on the side of the road and buy them. We have
have been conditioned against God's original intention and plan. And he has perverted, he's perverted everything. So I want you to watch this clip. <laughs> Go away. <laughs> watch this clip because it'll say what I've been saying in a video. In the earlier decades, people wrote about this. Now it is coming to pass. Welcome to Queer Kid Stuff. Yes, and? Well, I know those are the kids, and this is the stuff, but I can't figure out where the queer is. Teddy, queer isn't a thing. It's an idea. Oh. Wait, I don't get it. Queer isn't a thing like this crayon or this watch. Lots of people have a different meaning for the word queer. Queer has to do with being different and how everyone is different from everyone else. Some people are different because they are gay or because of their gender. You can be different in lots of ways. Hey, here's some news that made me happy. California will become the first state to require LGBT history curriculum at public schools. To give you an idea, uh, the social science and history class frameworks will have second graders learning about diverse families, eighth graders discussing gender roles in the 19th century, and 11th grade students studying the LGBTQ civil rights movement. They're putting chips in somebody's head. They tried it in Florida. And if you can take anything from me, don't ever let anybody put a chip inside of you. And they say, no, it can do you a lot of good. A lot of us, the first thing we have to do when we get to work is swipe in with our key card. Then you sit down to start working and you need a password to log in here too. And here at our station, if you want a snack, want to come upstairs to the break room, you got to grab your snack, bring it over here. You got to use a card to be able to purchase it. But what if there was a way that you wouldn't have to do any of that, where you could be microchipped? outlines who needs them have a nice day well dozens of people are doing it voluntarily next week three square market in wisconsin will be the first company in the u.s to give microchips to its workers
You know, when I was watching the British royal wedding, I saw all of those stars who used to go naked, well covered. I thought that they are of those that want to go naked every time. I believe that prior to their invitation, they were told, this is how to come and this is how to dress up. You see how a government structure, well-cultured system, imposed discipline on the so-called stars. But the church is so ashamed. Today we have naked people sing on the pulpit. Today we have almost half-naked present on the pulpit, seducing the members of church, casting out the spirit of lust on the congregation. But the royalty, the British royalty insisted and watched all of them. They were completely well covered. Second Corinthians 10, three through eight. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty to God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ and being ready to punish all disobedience being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. To obey is better than sacrifice. So the answer that we have, the solutions that God has to all of our problems right now, number one, the word. Pastor Taz, you come with your wife and you get undivorced and you grab your children and you love them. You tell them you love them. You tell them not to wear a hat in church. You tell them about the word of God. You read the word of God with them and get them hungry for the word of God on a regular basis because people, you become what you behold. Devil, I hope you're not bugging them now. Just stay away because this is different. So listen to, in fact, quickly turn with me to John 17. Listen to this. Get this in your spirit. You walk around, la, 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 la. This is not about grace, 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 grace. This is not about do whatever you want. If it feels good, do it. Does that sound familiar? <laughs> I love the sound of turning pages. John's in the New Testament for some of you who are not used to using your Bible. John 17, 
with, starting with verse 14. I have given them your word. When Jesus was in the depths of turmoil, he said, I have given them your word. And the world has hated them. Have you ever felt hated because you're a Christian? Because they are not of this world. Even as I am not of this world, I do not ask you to take them out of the world. Sorry, guys, we're still stuck here in Zimbabwe. But to keep them from the evil one. Hey, where'd he go? Reading the word. (laughs) Sanctify them in truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. For their sakes, I sanctify myself, that they themselves may also be sanctified in truth. Lord, we praise you and we give you a sheen of praise. Seven times a day we praise you, as David did. We show forth your praise in the heavenlies on this earth. And He said, for their sakes, I sanctify myself, that they themselves may also be sanctified in truth. He gave us the word. This word is truth. The word is truth. Your cell phone is not truth. And it's got dirty pictures on it. I don't think 90 some percent of all you guys are addicted to porn, according to survey. I didn't take the survey. But Jesus said, the world has hated them. You will not be popular, but you will have influence. He sent us out into the earth, into the world. Reformation is where Pastor Tom has been speaking. We are to have We are to reform back to the way God originally intended. We're to get this back to where God wanted it. You are to be where God wanted it. We can be there because we have his word. We have his word and we have Yeshua. Forever, forever, we can be connected to our father. And we can be empowered to do the right things. You can be empowered to put your phone down. Guys, when your wife's talking to you, can you please not look at your phone? In fact, put it down and take her hand instead. And look her in the eye. Have you seen this? Yeah, what do you want? I'm listening. No, I'm hearing you. I'm just having to answer this. What? I got to get the score of the ball game. The ball game can wait. Honey, what do you need? What can I do for you? How was your day? Johnny did what? He needs a shamu. 
get back to what God wants. Luke 21, three says, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. Heaven and earth will pass away. There may be no petrol, there may be no bread. It will pass away, but my word will remain. Focus on the word. That is a solution many of us are not looking at. We're just complaining really big and really hard. The second thing is worship, my favorite. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18 says, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Now listen. People are wanting to know, what is the will of God for me? What is the will of God for me? What is the will of God for me? Right here it says, this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. What is the will of God? To rejoice, pray, and give thanks. Are you doing that? That is the will of God. And the devil's perverted that very nicely. Where did he go? Uh-uh. You did a good job getting rid of him. Come here. The will of God. What is the, what is, what is the purpose of your life? Well, let me, I'll tell you what the purpose is. Isaiah 4, 3, 2, 1. You were created by God to praise him. When you praise him, it changes the atmosphere. When you pray, it changes the atmosphere. When you worship, it changes the atmosphere. When you read your Bible, it changes the atmosphere. I've heard some incredible testimonies of people doing acts of service in petrol queues that they wouldn't have been able to do if they weren't in one. God causes all things to work together for good. In everything, give thanks. That's the will of God. So we're searching, what is my purpose? What is my will? What is God's will for me? I don't know what God's will is for me. What is my purpose? I don't know. No. Relax. Chill. Open your Bible. Read, pray, fellowship. So we know worship. And the last thing, you see, when, when you take it, if you take a chip, and if you're a child, look at what we have to contend with. A baby is born, or fought even to be born, because we don't want it. So we have abortion. And then, when, if the kid survives, the first thing we do when it's out, highest immunity, injected with some chemicals. The V word. Then, after that, it's molested. After that, it's fed with genetically modified food. After that, it's got earplugs in its ears, hearing Lecrae and so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so masquerading as Christian the dad doesn't love it, so it's seeking for love, and it goes to someone who loves it, a guy, and then it gets pregnant, and the cycle starts again. He's succeeded. It's time to put a stop. Put a stop. It's time to put a stop. 
And the church is called to rise up and be that voice. To say, no, no, we are not going to be dumbed down. We are not going to be bullied by those demons that have been there from the beginning. Because we know our God has been there before them. And that's who we are hooked up to. That is who we are connected with. And his word shall never fail. Heaven and earth shall pass away. But his word will remain forever and ever and ever. Do you know that I saw something? His word gives you instruction about everything. I saw something where somebody wrote a book. Where they say, what is your style of worship? Are you a this kind of a worshiper or that kind of a worshiper or this one or that one or this one? Do you feel? Do you sense? Do you? I'm like, what? That is new age philosophy. It's not about you. It's about him. It's about not how we want to worship. It's about what does he want? He wants hands raised. He wants our singing. He wants us rejoicing. It's not about what does he want? Our focus coming in here is what does God want? God wants me to surrender, to love him, to serve. God wants me to be a voice for him. God wants me to read his word. What does God want? Not what do you want? Now, God will meet your needs. He promised. He's faithful. But he perverted that. And I hate him. Could I love you? But I hate what you're doing. (laughs) God also. The Bible says in John 4 that he is looking for those who will worship him in spirit and in truth. He's looking for those who will worship him. There's not much that God looks for. Does God look for things from you really? He's looking for those who will worship him in spirit and in truth. Are you one of those? Are you one who worships in spirit and in truth? He is seeking those. God is seeking. He's seeking for you. Don't get caught up in the devil's lies and delusions. Seek God with all your heart and do it in fellowship. God says they must come together in unity. We are commanded to be together. We are part one with another. We are part of the body. You're not the bride of Christ on your own. And reverence for his sanctuary, reverence for his spirit and his presence. How are you going to meet him? Oh God, oh Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Yo, what's up, God? Yo, what's up? (laughs) Please try to understand. It's not about good. It's about God. And he is seeking those who will worship him in spirit and in truth. I pray revelation on every single one of you today. That you will see as God sees. You will experience what God experiences. And you will know the truth. And the truth will make you free. So reverence and community. Where is there reverence in the world today? Holiness means set apart. We are to be set apart for God. 
Are you different than the world or do we look like the world? The last thing is prayer. To pray, to put your voice to God and connect with him. Connecting also in worship, but it's about the domains that we believe or we we also pray specifically for the place that we believe God wants us to make an impact. And there are many different areas in our lives, starting with our family. But here in this church, in connecting with prayer, Pastor Tom set up that we would have prayer. How many of you go to early morning prayer? Have ever gone to early morning prayer? In, okay, you will sit in a petrol queue for four or five hours. But will you come to prayer and consider where you want it on a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday? On Monday morning, we have business, agriculture, and economics prayer. On Tuesday, we have church and government prayer. On Wednesday, we have family and education. Uh, We emphasize On Thursday, health, science, and technology. On Friday, art, sports, media, entertainment. While a prayer altar at home may specifically target personal issues, our domain prayers are tackling issues at a national level and breaking down walls of opposition. The enemy doesn't slumber or sleep. We have 24 hours prayer as we are trying to engage with. And as we mentioned earlier, Jesus' response to our cries will be seen first in our hearts with repentance, transformation, and reformation. Our response to God in the change of hearts, reading the word, worship, and praying will restore the great connection with Yahweh and secure our prophetic destinies morally, socially, politically, and economically. So, This is another chance to serve month, the theme. How did we get here? Do you all understand now how we got here? Do you know now what we can do to get out of it, to live as God would have us live? And you know, I know many of you are discouraged. And many of you have very, very challenging lives. But I want to encourage you, all of you, can you commit to one day a week for the area that you feel connected to, to come and pray with us? You'll sit in the Pedro queue, but will you come and pray? Watch for one hour. The call and the cry is the same. Jesus said, could you not stay with me for one hour? So you have another chance to serve in prayer, in worship, and committing to your word, daily reading. Thanks for listening. For more teachings and videos, visit celebrationmen.org.